And so I'm going to preach right at you today. They don't, you know, okay. No. Amen. Amen. John chapter number two. And uh, we're going to pray after we read this scripture. And, um, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? That's the wrong way to talk to your mama. Mine hour is not yet come. But he's God. He can get away with that. I mean, just rephrase that. He can talk to how he wants to talk. Okay. His mother saith unto his servants, Whatsoever he saith to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus, Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. How, how far did they fill them? All the way up, right? The brim is all the way up. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith, um, and he saith to them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. It's interesting, when you are filled, the bridegroom calls. And the saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Hmm. I have a lot going through my mind right now. We're going to slow down. I feel the presence of the Lord here. I think that's a fulfillment of the Word of God right there. The Old Testament to the New Testament. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Everybody say amen. Everybody say my certain day. We're going to pray. And um, we're going to pray. And seek God here for a moment. Let's just not do it just an ordinary prayer. Let's seek God. I want you to pray for me as I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. God, omnipotent God, omnipotent Savior. I need you today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Help us, Lord, to everybody in this room not to be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. Lord, there are people in this room, Lord, that, that perhaps forgot some things. And they once was pursuing the Lord, but they've plateaued, if you will, and they have stopped growing in you, but they are up against that next step, that next approach to you. And their flesh is getting in the way, and their mind is, is getting in the way. And, but God, I pray, Lord, that we can make that next step and make this today a certain day, that this will be a day that you have made and we can leave here rejoicing and be glad in it. We worship you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. So give somebody a high five before you're seated and, uh, or a hug or whatever you want to do. It's fine.
God bless you. You may be seated. I will probably be more methodical today. Um, the way I present this message, I may slow down, but then I may speed up, then slow down again, speed up again, slow down. I'm not sure how this is going to go today, but we're going to minister. Today is very unique. Everybody say it's unique. Today is a really good day. Um, one man said, I'm on this side of the earth, <laughs> so today's a good day. I've heard people that read the obituaries every day because they're making sure they're not in it. That's a good day. Um, today is very unique in that we are living it right now. It's unique because the next few moments of our life is determined by the decisions that you make now. Yesterday, it came and it went, and there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing you can do about the past. There's nothing that you can do within yourself to change your past. And we talked about that a little bit last week. The only one that can change my past is God. But here's the thing. God can't go back and change your decisions that you already made. Right? He can't go back and change those decisions. But what he can do is give you a new glimpse of your past. He can say those things that used to bind you and the things that cause shame, I'm going to give you a new perspective of them when you go through the cross. So my past, I can't necessarily do anything about, but if I go to Jesus, Jesus can give me a new perspective on my past. The things I used to be ashamed about, I can thank God for because I'm in a new place today. I'm thankful today that this room is filled with people that have their lives completely changed by the power of God. There are people in this room that have incredible testimonies. And, and Larry's sitting, standing right or sitting in front of me now. I love this man to death because he has an incredible testimony of what the Lord has done from him for him in his life. And before he ever turned his life over to the Lord, the Lord protected him. And kept him. And, and when he, I first came to know Larry, I didn't expect you. See, oh, you came in at the right time. I wasn't going to share our relationship, but you're here, so I, this is a good example. Um, when I first came to meet Larry, um, we began to do weekly Bible studies. We did it for, what, six months. And I would go, we'd go pick, and we'd go to the China Buffet. Why we did that, I have no idea. We were just glutton for punishment at that little place. We just kept going back. It said new China buffet. It wasn't new. <laughs> I don't know. But we, maybe it was the price. That, it was the price, wasn't it? $4.99. We know it wasn't new for $4.99. <laughs> wow, that took a turn. And uh, we, we sat there, and we began to talk about the Word of God and but more often than not, and I say this with, with great love for Larry, he began to share things that helped me tremendously. Um, I am a better pastor for knowing Larry. I am. And I am a better pastor for knowing each and every one of you. I'm a better man for, for knowing you. Uh, I shared this with my wife. She's not in here, but last night we were talking, and I said, no, she's coming in now. Look out. 
And um, I, I told my wife last night, I said, uh, you were gone this last week at work. I'm a better man when you're here than I am when you're not here. Uh, I say that. And I, I am because uh, there's something about stability when your spouse is there versus when they're not there. Right? You, you, bear with me here. We're going to get somewhere here, okay, in a moment. So what happens is, is that when I understand my day and I understand where I have come from and what has happened into my life and I value the relationships that I have and, or had or have built through time, but I can't go back and change those conversations. I can't go back and change certain decisions that I made. But God can do something about my vision of my past. And when somebody is baptized in Jesus' name, you get a glimpse of the old man from a new man's perspective. Let me tell you, let me say that again. When you're baptized in Jesus' name and when you repent of your sins and when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you have a new idea or a new picture of the old man coming from the new man's perspective. And when you have a testimony that you share, there is something that is powerful. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Why is a testimony so powerful? It's because somebody is standing on this side of glory saying, you didn't know what I used to be, but by the saving grace of God, he's brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Now, we don't testify to give glory to what has happened to us in our past, but what we do, we give glory to God for bringing us out of those things. Okay? Everybody say, my certain day. See, today, again, is very unique because a new relationship can be birthed today. Of all the things that we have valued, all the things that make us better as people, of all the things that are, that are powerful in our life, those things have come and gone, perhaps, that you have allowed things in the past to pass you by. Opportunities to be fleeting. The only wish if I could have that moment back. How many had that before? If only I'd have made this decision rather than that decision, things probably would have worked out differently. And we can live in a state of regret. We can live in the past, so to speak. But I'm thankful today that today is unique and that if I give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ today, I can have a certain day in my walk or in my life with him. So from the time you came into this world, all the way up to yesterday, and even to 11.39 a.m. today, you cannot return to it. You can't change the thoughts that you had five minutes ago. You can't change the decision that you made 20 minutes ago. You can't change the decisions that you made last night into this morning. You may even want to sing the song that Cher wrote, If I Could Turn Back Time. I never had a share reference in messages. There you go. <laughs> Message bucket list. I believe it was share that sang that. I don't know. <laughs> if I could turn back. Some of us have that mentality. If I could turn back the clock. If I could turn back my experiences. If I could, I, I would find another way of escape rather than the choices that I made. If I could just return to that day, if I could just go back 
that year or that moment and I could make another decision, then things would have worked out different. But I'm here to tell you today, those experiences, you can help allow them to shape you or they can, you can allow them to destroy you. I'm allowing my past to make me stronger today because I got a fresh glimpse of Jesus and he has put me upon a rock and I can look into my past and say, you ain't got a hold on me no more. I'm on a rock, which is Christ Jesus, my Lord. I don't have to look back in my life and say, I wish I could go back to this point. I wish I could go back to that point. But now I can walk into my past and say, I'm thankful what God showed me in that moment. I'm thankful to the Lord. He brought me through so I can make it to today. There's a celebration because many of us in this room should be dead. Many of us in this room should have lost our life a long time ago. But by the grace and the mercy and the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have a certain day, and it is today. I have an opportunity right now. I have a moment that can shape my future right now. But I'm not going to be held hostage by my past but I'm going to break the chains of freedom into my future. Tomorrow is not here yet. This is a news flash. Tomorrow is not here yet. That wise statement, I love just obvious statements. Tomorrow is not here yet, folks. Amen. I'm glad tomorrow is not here. My wife is flying out this afternoon to go to Maine, and, and she's going to be gone for a few days. Y'all pray for me because I'm a better man when she's here. <laughs> So if I seem off my game this week, just say, well, you don't have his wife with him. Yeah. Charlene, that was a little too loud of an amen. <laughs> no. Well, the Bible does say if you find a wife, you find a good thing. So tomorrow is not here yet. And just as much as we cannot go to my past, I can't go to yesterday. I can't go back to last Sunday. I can't step into my future. I can't go to tomorrow ahead of time. But what I can do is on this certain day, I can change tomorrow. What I decide today can change my Monday. The things that I decide on this certain day, in this day of the week, on this day that the Lord hath made, I can change my Monday. In fact, I can change my eternity with one certain day. When the Bible uses words, it uses them with purpose. When the Bible uses certain things in Scripture, we talked about it last week. This is like part two of last week. And uh, it, it, his word is eternal. We talked about that. And every word in the scripture is, is prophetic in nature because God is eternal. And his word ever lives. So it's prophetic in, in nature. But the Bible uses the word certain 196 times. I looked it up. I got one of those app things. It uses the word certain 196 times. It says there was a place, a certain place. Something happened. It says there was a certain man. Other times it was a certain time, a certain thing that needed to be fulfilled. A certain thing, when it says that, it brings significance to whatever or whomever or wherever the Scripture is placing. 
we look into uh, the book of First Kings, and there was a man that was causing strife to the kingdom. And you don't have to turn there, but I think it was, uh, I forgot, I forgot, even forgot his name. That's how certain I am that I don't know it. And, uh, and it's the first Kings, I think chapter number 17. And this man was causing so much strife in the kingdom that the king said, you know what? Um, from now on, you can't go outside of this area. In fact, if you cross this river, it, you will be certain that you will die the same day. Now, two years went by, and he didn't cross that river. But something happened. He had some buddies going to Gath. He had some people that was going, going here, and he said, I got to go there too. And he forgot about walking beyond that river. And the king found out, and that same day he died because he did not heed the warning of the king. He decided to step out of the thing that was certain. There were some things in Scripture that are certain that we have to do. There were certain things in Scripture that we have to live by. There were things in Scripture that will challenge us. And there's certain things in Scripture that is laid out in Scripture that shows us who my God really is. John chapter number 2, verses 1 through 10. This is the first sign, if you will. There were seven signs in the book of John. And through the Gospels, the seven signs of who God is. And in and, 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 and John chapter number 2, verse number 1 through 11, it talks about one of the first signs of God, of him, his first miracle, if you will, at the marriage of a couple. He is in that moment changing water into wine. Everybody say changing things. He's establishing a covenant relationship. He is there to celebrate the beginning of two new lives coming together. He is there to help celebrate and bring joy to the union of a marriage. There is, there is much uh, celebration going on. There is a lot of fun going on and, 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 and a lot of things that are being, uh, being uh, celebrated in the moment and in the days of being married and coming together in union. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come together with the Lord and you come to him and say, God, I am not anything on my own, but I need you to come into my life. I, I need your presence. There is a celebration that happens. We celebrated with Mamie as, as today as she was baptized last Sunday. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants to show you who he is. He wants to show you that if you come to him, and if you come to him with an open heart, with a right spirit, with a, a heart that says, God, not my will, but thine will be done, there will be a celebration in heaven like you have never seen before. And there will be a celebration in this place like you've never seen before. And when you go down to a watery grave, all oh, heaven's going to, we're going to rejoice with you because the old man is left there and a new man comes up out of that water. Seven signs. The second sign was in John chapter 4, healing of the royal official's son in Capernaum. There was a, a thing in the principle here that I, I, I'm just going to gloss over this, but the, 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 the point that in this story of another sign of who God is, is that he will not only reach the lowest of low, but he'll reach the people that are the highest of high. 
that he is not uh, a, a, a stranger to anyone in this life. He will go to the mountaintop and reach somebody, but he will also go to the valley, to the person that's the lowest place, and reach them as, as well. The Bible says in John chapter number 5 that he healed the paralytic at Bethesda. He healed somebody who had the sickness, so that tells me that he wants to have a relationship with me like at the marriage supper, but he'll also come to the person who has it all and touch them, but he also looked to the sick and the lame, and he heal them as well. The Bible says that he will also feed the people that are hungry. In John chapter number 6, verses 5 through 14, we find the story of God feeding the 5,000. That tells me when I am hungry and when I need the word, he will sit down with me and be a provider for me. Not only will he heal me, he will provide me with word and food, which can be the same thing. So he establishes that he wants to have a relationship and all celebration, but that he will go to the highest of highs. But yet he will go to the paralytic. He will go to somebody who is sick and somebody that is maimed, if you will, somebody that has a sickness in their body, and he will be willing to heal them of whatever disease they have. He goes, John chapter number 6, and feeding the 5,000. And then John chapter number 6, later on in that same chapter, Jesus, we find him walking on water. Ladies and gentlemen, he can walk all over your situation. He can rise above the storm in your life. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm just giving you a picture of everything who God is. Jesus walks on the water. We find that the healing of the paralytic man in John 5, but then in John 9, he heals the man blind from birth. Everybody say birth. He healed a man that had something in his life that he did not do on his own, and he came into this world with. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I was born into this situation. You don't understand, Pastor. This is just my surroundings. But guess what? God can step into your life when you had no control, and he can heal whatever you feel like you could not control in your life. So he healed the man, the blind man, from birth. And the seventh sign we find in Scripture, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, this is the one I wanted to come to and I'll spend a moment on. The seven signs, the marriage, the healing of the royal official's son, the healing of the paralytic at Bethesda, the feeding of the 5,000. And my personal feeling is that the greatest miracle that in Scripture was the feeding of the 5,000 in my eyes because he used the hands of the people to multiply the fish and the bread. Jesus walking on water, the healing of the blind man from birth. All these things God can do in your life. Let me just give you a picture of who Jesus is. Jesus is a God of everything. He is the supplier of all my needs. All my need without an S on the end of needs. Because why? Because whatever your need is, God can reach down and fulfill everything there is. The last thing. We find that John, and let's turn to John chapter number 11. We'll look at this story. John chapter number 11. Verse number 17, verse number 16. And then Thomas, 
Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And then when, Je- then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. That's a long time. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to con- uh, comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here. In other words, four days ago, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. The Lord was going to, he recognized that, Je- that Lazarus was dead. But he said he was going to rise again. Let me just say this, stop right here for a moment and say this. What happened over the last years of your life, you may feel like you were dead. You may feel like there is no hope. There is no way out. There is no place to turn to. There is no way out. But I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. And whatever you ask of him, it can be done. Jesus said unto her, my brother shall rise again. Martha said, and I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said something very profound. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whatsoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? I'm asking you the question, do you believe today? I said, do you believe today that if you turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I am dead in my sins, but the Lord can say, I am the resurrection and the life. You may feel like there's no hope, but the resurrection is in the place today. Jesus is in this place today. The resurrection and the life is in this place today. And he can take the things that were once dead in my spirit, dead in my life, that I feel like I can't go back to and change. But today is a certain day because Jesus was walking to Lazarus. It's a certain day, and Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Let's read on for a moment. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said so, or so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, were, which were with her in the house, comforted her. Then when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come where Jesus was, it's very interesting that Mary went to Jesus and saw him. She fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And sometimes that we come to the Lord in prayer, and I want to kind of give us a little bit of a picture here today. When you come to the Lord in prayer, we can't lay blame to the Lord. When we come to an altar of repentance, it's not about, Lord, if you would have done this, if you would have done that, God, if you would have stepped into my days for last week, God, you should have been there. 
It's not about that because God, as we talked last week, he is the one, the only one that can speak in the present about my future and past. He's the only one that can do and change things in a new perspective in my life at any given time or any given place. He said, my brother had not died if you'd have been here. And sometimes the world wants to say, well, God's not God because if he was God, then he would have done this and he would have done that. But we got to find in ourselves and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I have done because you've given me the ability to make my own decisions. So God, forgive me for what I've done. I'm not laying blame at the master. What I'm doing is laying my sins at your feet and saying, God, I'm sorry. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned with the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. In verse number 35, which is very popular, many of you can quote it because it's two words, Jesus wept. Now, this scripture is, is mis- we find that Jesus wept, and we feel like many will think that Jesus wept because Lazarus had died, and Lazarus was a close friend of the Lord, but Jesus did not weep because he knew what was about to happen. If I knew that my sins was about to be erased and to be forgiven, I shouldn't have to weep. I can go to the Lord celebrating that he is going to wash away my sins. But we find that Jesus was weeping because of their lack of faith. He was weeping because they didn't believe about what was about to happen. And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Let me tell you today, you may not understand how it happens. You may not understand how the Lord can wash away my sins. But let me tell you today, as a testimony that has had their sins washed away, oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Give the Lord an opportunity today. Let today be a certain day for you in your walk with God. I'm telling you today, today is a certain day. I wonder if today is that the Lord would look down into this place. Is he weeping because we do not have faith in him? Do we understand that he is the resurrection and the life? If you want to make it to heaven, i got to come to him boldly and not blaming him but saying, God, forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me, God, of my faults. I have tried to do it on my own. I can't do it anymore. I don't have any of the answers. But, God, I've done everything that I I've spent all that I had, like the woman with the issue of blood. She spent all that she had, everything that in her substance. And finally, she said, i got to make my way to Jesus. I don't care how I get there. If I have to kneel and crawl, if I had to beg and plead, I don't care. I just need to get to the throne of Jesus because she knew if she can touch the hem of his garment and she felt the virtue flow from heaven, she can stand up on the other side of healing and say, you ain't going to believe what I went through, but I'm thankful that now I have a testimony of the goodness and the miraculous hand of God. I'm thankful today that some people have the idea, let me just let me rephrase that. There are some people that we look at other people and say, I, how can they get so excited? How can they get so uh, uh, outward expression of the and worship the Lord? How can they clap their hands? How can they jump for joy? How can they sing about having, having a shout of victory in their life? It's because, oh, I've been through the fire and I've been flew through the flood. But on the other side of things, there's joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. There is a new man that doesn't have the burden of the sin anymore. There's a new man walking boldly with the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I am one to say this, that I am not perfect. But what I am, the old song says, I am forgiven. When I lay my sins at the feet of the cross every day, when I ask the Lord to forgive me every morning of my sins and my wrongdoings, he is faithful and just to forgive. I'm thankful the Lord didn't hold a grudge. I'm thankful that the Lord didn't, didn't hold back mercy. I'm thankful the Lord he didn't hold back grace. But he wants to love us so much that grace and mercy Mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to leave here the same way that I came in. I want to leave here burden-free. I want to leave here shouting with a voice of triumph. I want to leave here joy in the Holy Ghost. I want to live here with peace of God in my life. I may not understand how it works. It just works. I may not understand what, you, what, what the process is, I think sometimes we, we get so tied up and so mentally uh, uh, dysfunctional in a way that, that we, we can't figure out how God works. I'll never know how the Lord works. The Bible says he works in mysterious ways. His ways are above my ways. I, I, all I know is the Bible says if you abide in me and I abide in you. So, Lord, I want to abide in you today because I don't have the answers. And the Bible says you, you are the Alpha and the Omega. If I step into your presence, if I commune with you, if I talk to you, if I connect with the one that has the answers, then I can be an overcomer. I am not an overcomer on my own. I'm an overcomer because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask the question to you today. Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? If we would too ask people to stand in this room and begin to share of the goodness of the Lord. Some of you have had guns to your head. Some of you have been in prison. Some of you have had a, a walk with, uh, in this world that I, I could never imagine to go through. I couldn't imagine what you, what you had to go through to get to the place. But I know one thing, that you're thankful that the Lord brought you out from darkness into this marvelous light. I don't understand sometimes why God does what he does. I don't understand sometimes why he doesn't intervene. But the only time that I know that I'm grateful that he intervened is when I came to him like a lost puppy and saying, Lord, I can't do it anymore. God, forgive me for my wrongdoings. Forgive me, God, for what I have done and what God does. He looks down with compassion, not condemnation. He reaches down with mercy and says, son and daughter, won't you get up here just for a moment? Let me put a new robe around you. Let me put a ring on your finger. Let me give you the joy that I have. It's eternal joy. Let me give to you something that you will never gain from this world problem we so much fill the holes and the voids with the things and the pleasures of this world but the bible teaches us throughout scripture that the pleasures of sin for a season until you're in the pleasures of this world are good for a season but sooner or later you will find yourself in bondage and no way out but guess what the resurrection and the life is here today that can take the shackles of this world off of you and you can walk out of here free in the name of jesus christ Everybody say a certain day. What is the date today? Somebody holler at me. What is the date? March the 11th. Now, I didn't really consider today as March 11th, because, but I do know that this can be a day that you'll remember for the rest of your life. 
I believe that Mamie, when she was baptized in Jesus' name, she'll never forget March the 4th. I remember August 26, 1987, when I went down in a watery grave. Dad baptized me in Jesus' name. God, God, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember what I did the day before. I remember what I was doing the day after. I got stung by 20 bees the day after. I'll never forget that day. But I'm here to tell you today, when I was 12 years old, I decided to go to an altar. And I'll never forget the feeling that I had when God began to surround me with his glory. And God began to surround me with his goodness and his mercy. And at 12 years of age, you say, well, you couldn't have done much wrong. Well, talk to my parents. I, I, I was a bad little kid sometimes. And but God, God began to forgive me of my sins. And God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then I said, Dad, it's time to be baptized. I went down in a watery grave. And at 12 years of age, God, God began to fill me. And God began to forgive me. And God began to mark my path a new way god began to show me some new things and i'm here to tell you today as a testimony unto the lord god has protected me from certain things in my life god has kept me from certain things because even after i was filled with the holy ghost even after after i was baptized in jesus name temptations come my way there were some certain things that people were trying to give me certain things that people were trying to get me to do and there, i'll just say there were certain things that i would try but i felt so sick in the in my mind and in my in my flesh that that it just so repulsed me and i thank god that he gave me the gift of the holy ghost that he said the thing of this world didn't taste good to me. The things of that life didn't make sense to me because I had something on the inside of me that says, no, that's not to enter here. No, you don't want to think that way. No, you don't want to live that way. No, I want to give you power to overcome that, and that is the Holy Ghost. You say, Pastor, I've tried it on my own. Yeah, I did too for a short while. But I'm here to tell you today, when you give yourself to the presence of God and when temptation comes, I can step into the presence of the Lord and that temptation may come, but I will overcome that temptation because there's something in me that's greater than that something that's coming my way. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to leave here with power of the Holy Ghost. I want to walk out of here a new man. I want to walk out of here with my sins washed away. Those seven signs through John. And I'm coming to a close if the musician will come. <laughs> Musicians. We look at our life. If you need healing through those seven signs, God can heal you.